Well, because most people will sit down to try and figure out what they want out of life and they'll write things that they think will make them happy. In psychology, this is called impact bias. Impact bias is basically that we as human beings overestimate or underestimate how something's going to affect us emotionally. Meaning we think, oh, if only I could get my dream job. If only I could get my dream job, then I'm gonna be happy. Or if only I could meet the man of my dreams, then I'm gonna be happy. Or if only I could be a mom, then I'm gonna be happy. We have these ideas in our head and we think that getting this one thing is gonna have this incredible impact on our lives. And it does, but often we've overestimated how much joy that's gonna bring us or possibly underestimated how much something's gonna be difficult. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hey guys, it's Rachel, and welcome to another episode of the show. This conversation finds me on Monday morning after a very long weekend with a five-year-old who has been through two weeks of kindergarten. Now, let me explain the relevance of this. If you don't have kids, if maybe you're in college, if maybe you never decided to have kids and you don't know what it means to have a five-year-old who's had two weeks of kindergarten, let me walk you through it. Guys, imagine that you are a toddler and you're living your best life. And yes, you've gone to preschool before, but preschool got out at noon and that didn't feel too difficult. And now you find yourself for the first time ever in a full day of school. And not only a full day of school, but a full day of school where your class is the youngest in the school. So there's all the way up to fifth grade and there's teachers and students and you got to go to the right room and you have all these things that you got to do and it's drop off and pick up and, you know, mom can't walk you to class anymore. It's just a lot. It's overwhelming. You're overstimulated. What happens is you're going to get exhausted. No matter how much you like it, you're going to get exhausted. And then when the weekend rolls around, all of the exhaustion that you've been dealing with the whole week long, that's going to show up in some real fun ways for the adults in your life. And that is what we're coming out the other side of, is sweet, sweet Noah girl, just trying to deal with the bigness of going into a new situation. And maybe some of you are similar, right? Maybe some of you have started a new job, you moved to a new city, maybe you've just started college, or um, you're doing something that feels a bit overwhelming to you. And it means that everything is discombobulated and out of whack, and you sort of need, you need a lot of things 
And that is what this weekend was. And as the person trying to support this little human, I got to tell you, I'm coming into Monday morning. Boy, I am exhausted. I have had coffee and I'm not going to lie. I just had a shot of espresso because I was like, we're going to need, we're going to need a bigger boat today. It's not that single cup of coffee is not going to do it for us because we've been dealing with a lot. And one of the things, if you've never had kids or never been around little kids in your adult life, one of the things that happens is in the face of being tired or being exhausted, all of our emotions get very big, right? Sadness gets sadder. Annoyance gets more annoying. Frustration gets angrier. So we were just dealing with a very emotional little child all weekend long. And the theme of her weekend was, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to do the things you're telling me to do. I don't want to listen. I don't want, uh, I don't want dot, dot, dot. That was the theme of our whole weekend was me trying my darndest to like be a healthy parent in response. And any of you who deal with this know, you start like Saturday morning, you've got it. You're you're doing all of your techniques. You're well-practiced. You're listening. You're like, mm, mm-hmm. okay, I hear, I hear you. I hear that you don't want to stop hitting your brother. But um, so you start there. And then by Sunday evening, you're like, just I'm calling the circus. They're coming to pick you up. It's been nice knowing you. Thank you. Uh, it was, oh gosh, it was just, it was something. But what I was laughing about this morning is how many times I heard her say, I don't want, I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to lay down for a rest. I don't want to eat my cucumbers. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, which is really frustrating if you're the person caring for a child. But I was thinking about how incredible I don't want dot, dot, dot can be for us as adults. Yeah, bro, look at me. I am always... (laughs) I am always going through like a difficult situation and be like, okay, what is my lesson in this? And this was my lesson today. And I'm going to do a whole podcast off this idea. What do you want in life? What do you want in life? And the magical thing that I'm going to talk to you about today is how knowing what you don't want actually helps you figure out what you do want. So much of my work over the last decade has been about creating opportunity and experiences for people to ask themselves this question, like, what do, you, what do I want, number one? And number two, once I know what I want, what are the things that I can do to get me closer to that goal? But today, I thought it would be really powerful to give you some hacks, not the kind of obvious stuff that will help you set a goal in your life, but things that maybe you haven't thought about because some people have such clear vision, right? If you're not one of those people, maybe you know someone, maybe you have a sibling, a cousin, a best friend, a partner 
who has just always known what it was they wanted to do. Since I was a little girl, I knew that I wanted to be an author. So my my 10-year-old asked me this this weekend. He was like, because um, he keeps, you know, like you do when you're 10, he keeps changing what it is that he wants to do in life. And so he's like telling me his latest thing, which is that he's going to be a fashion designer slash he is going to be his own model. So he'll be a model and a fashion designer. That's where we're at right now. Love this for him. But he's like, mom, what did you want to be when you were little? And I said, you're not even going to believe this, buddy. But I wanted to be a zoologist when I was little, which is bananas. If you know me, I mean, the amount of, I I made a dry rub yesterday for, I was smoking chicken. Shout out to anybody else who has a green egg or a smoker and gets way too much joy out of it. I feel like there's like 10 of you who even know what I just said. And of the 10 who know, only four of you think it's cool that I smoked chicken yesterday. But shout out to my four fellow pitmasters. I see you and I'm glad you're here. Anyway, I was making a dry rub yesterday for chicken and um, in the dry rub, which turned out fantastically, put a little turmeric and not thinking I was mixing it up and then putting it on the chicken. And then all of my nails are stained a bit yellow today. You would have thought that I touched toxic waste. I was so disappointed in myself for getting my hands dirty, for staining my nails. Just come on, Rach, you're better than this. The idea that I'm disturbed by getting my hands dirty by a spice, but had a time in my life where I thought that I was going to be a zoologist, the level of dirty hands involved, I can't even. But there was a time when I was little, I was reading a magazine, I saw a picture of a sick baby monkey, and I was like, I found it, I found my calling. I literally tore the page out of the magazine and taped it on my wall, because I was like, I want to remember what it is I'm here to do. So there was a time I wanted to be a zoologist. There was a time, a very long time in my teen years, I wanted to be an actress. I think in retrospect, it was because it was the only thing I could think of that would allow me to get out of my hometown. Like, oh, if you were an actress, you'd have to live in LA or New York, and that would get you out of this town. But I had all these different things that I thought I was going to do, or I thought that my vision was going to take me in this direction. But the one thing I have always known since I was little was that I wanted to be a writer. And I have, you know, things that I was writing on in second grade or third grade. So it's been a part of me. I've had that sort of focus for my life for a long time. And maybe you know someone like that. Maybe you know someone in your life who's always had clear vision, or maybe you're the one who's always had clear vision. But for many people, they have no idea. They have no idea. I have people all the time who come to a conference, who come to hear me speak, who are at an event that I'm at, and they're like, I love this motivation and I love these ideas, but I don't see like you talk about having an imagination, and I don't see, I don't have any ideas. And today's episode is for you guys. Or maybe it's for those of you who are high achievers who already have vision, but you just want all the ideas and hacks that you can get. This will work for you too. But for anyone who feels like maybe they're, 
they're at a crossroads. They're at sort of a stopping point and they don't know which direction to go. Or maybe you're dipping your toe in the water of personal development for the first time ever. Maybe you're totally unsure of, you know there's something more, but you have no idea what it is. You're basically like every person in a Disney movie from the beginning of time. You're like, oh, adventure calls. I believe there's something out there for me, but I have no idea where it is. I just know there's something more than this. Gosh, what was that old country song? Was it who sang? Oh, Reba McIntyre, obviously. Um, there was a song in the 80s that I remember my Aunt Linda loved called Is There Life Out There? You guys remember that song? Maybe it was the early 90s. But she says, like, is there life out there? Like, she's she's like this stay-at-home mom, and she loves her husband, and she loves her kids, but she's like, is there, there's got to be – the line is something like she doesn't want to leave. She's just wondering, is there life out there? Is there something more than this monotony? Is there something more than just the same thing every day? And yes, there is. But the beauty of this life, you can't see me. I'm like banging my hands on my knees because I'm so excited by this idea. The beauty of this life is that the most ideal, incredible life is based on your imagination, not mine. It's based on your imagination, not your partner. Your imagination, not your sister. But if nobody ever taught you how to have vision, if no one ever let you open your heart and sort of let your mind run away with you about what is possible, then you don't know how. So I hope that you never feel weird or shamed or like something wrong with you because you don't know what it is that you want to do or you don't have vision for your life yet. Hey guys, if you are enjoying today's podcast episode, then I bet you'd enjoy an in-person option even more. For the first time ever, I am going on tour. I throw these big three-day conferences where people fly in from all over the world and we get motivated. We talk about our dreams. We create a roadmap. We believe that a better life is possible, most especially if we have a community surrounding us who gets it. It's so positive. The energy is undescribable. We are all the same and if we really band together, we honestly could do anything. That's what conference is all about. And for the first time ever, that experience is coming to a city near you. You can find more information at rachetalklive.com or by checking out the link in our show notes. But essentially, it's an opportunity to reconnect or rebuild a vision of a better life. My future five years from now, 10 years from now self, is counting on me right now. It's a chance to learn about how to grow your confidence and how the people who surround you are the most important factor in you becoming a better version of you. I am a leader. Hell yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So crazy that you can come to an event like this and feel so much better about yourself, but it's like real. If you're someone who is dreaming of a better life, but you're not really sure how to get there, If you would love to start a new business, a side hustle, build that nonprofit, go back to school, but you feel embarrassed to admit it to those people who are currently in your circle, come build a new one. You can find out more info in the show notes 
and I hope I see you there. Can we all just become obsessed with the word yet? I was hanging out with a a dear friend a couple weeks ago, and he kept saying like, I'm just, I'm not strong enough. I am not strong enough. This is going to be a huge, you know, hard emotional thing. And he had just gone through some huge, hard emotional things with his family. And so he was like, I just, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. And I know what my heart is saying. I know all of those things, but I just, I am not strong enough. And I was like, no, hold on. I love you. No, please, please, please. As your friend, I know that you are strong enough, but I also understand that this is your process and this is your journey. So will you just please at least add the word yet? Whatever it is for you guys, what whatever you're dealing with, whatever thing you're telling yourself, if that needs to be your truth for right now, just add the word yet. I'm not strong enough yet. I don't have the resources yet. I don't have the connections yet. Whatever it is, just adding that one little three-letter word is going to give you some power. The words we use become the story of our life. So just adding yet makes you believe that something else is coming That there's a future version of you who will have those things. Even if you just start to plant those seeds subconsciously, there's power in it. So don't feel shame. Don't feel weird if you don't have vision yet. I have a few hacks that I feel like will help you figure it out or will help you start to ask these kinds of questions. So before I jump into these hacks, let me just really quickly give you my justification for why this matters. If you are just starting this process, if you're just considering this, if someone sent you this podcast, you don't know who I am or what the hell we're talking about. Hey, I'm Rach. Glad you're here. Also, let me tell you why it matters that you know what you want out of life. Every single one of us, every single human being on this planet is heading in a direction We have some trajectory for our lives. We're like a bullet that's been shot out of a gun and we're heading in a direction. All of us. There is no real stagnation. There's no such thing as just sort of staying where you are. Like some people are like, yeah, it's a season. I'm just kind of treading water. No, you are either growing or you are dying. There is no in-between. Grass is growing or it's dying. Animals are growing or they're dying. Your life is moving in a direction whether you know it or not. So if your life is not headed in a direction of your choosing, make no mistake, it's headed in a direction of someone else's choosing or you are devolving from the person that you are. You're actually going backwards. You're falling into old negative habits. You're doing things you don't want to do because you haven't given yourself a clear line of sight. And there's all sorts of reasons why people haven't chosen direction for their life. Sometimes we don't even know that we're supposed to. Maybe this is the first time anyone's ever said to you, hey, if you call your shot, there's this old quote, which not to give myself away as the biggest nerd you've ever met, but I did give the commencement speech at my eighth grade graduation. 
I mean, if you know me, you're probably not surprised by this. Imagine, I wish I could show you guys the picture of the outfit that I wore that I thought was the best I'd ever looked. And bless her, bless her heart and her outfit that she got at Ross Dress for Less. And um, it was like a little more low cut than I was used to. Not in a like hoochie way, but in a like, it just, I was used to wearing crew necks and all of a sudden there was a little bit more skin showing, but I had a really bad sort of farmer's tan. So in this dress, I had like, <laughs> I was literally a redneck. Like my neck was red down to the line of a crew neck. And then it was just the palest pale you've ever seen. And then the line of this dress, but I felt just beautiful. And I was giving a speech that I still remember this quote from. I don't remember who said it. It was on, <laughs> I swear to you, my sister had a, a pad of notes and this was the like cute little quote in her notepad. It said, if you aim your arrow at the sun, you may not reach it, but you will fly far higher than if you had aimed it at an object level with your own self. Let me say it again. If you aim your arrow at the sun, you may not reach it, but you will fly far higher than if you had aimed it at an object level with your own self. Meaning when you aim at something, anything, when you give yourself direction, even if you don't get there, you will get so much further than if you aim at nothing at all. And what I've actually found is exactly in line with that quote. If you call big ass shots, maybe you don't get them. In my, in honestly, in my experience, you usually get stuff that's way better. There, there's this great concept, which is that God only has three answers to your prayer. She only says yes, no, and not right now. Yes, no, and not right now. And I feel like when you aim at something big, you I have rarely gotten exactly what I was aiming for, but I end up getting something. Like I feel like God had such a better idea for what I should be doing. Obviously, the universe knows better than I do. So such a better idea for what I should be doing that I didn't hit my target, but I hit a better target. And I feel like the higher you aim with intentionality, the higher you aim the higher quality of your life. All of that to say, the reason it's so important to have direction for your life or to know what it is you want is that you will just by knowing what you want and attempting to head in a direction, most likely get more out of this life than you would have otherwise. That's why it's powerful. You'll fly far higher than if you had aimed it at an object level with your own self. And I know that for some people, they don't call the shot because they don't want to call their shot and then know that they're not living up to their potential, right? Like someone right now just heard that and was like, oh, damn girl, that's me. Like I know that I'm capable of more. I know that I could be the thing that I've been fantasizing about. I know that that's possible for my life. But if I don't ever try for it, then I don't have to be disappointed if it doesn't happen. Right? 
Which like, oh, how brutal, how brutal to get to the end of your life. That is maybe my biggest nightmare. Okay. First biggest nightmare encountering Bigfoot. I really do have some, I'm petrified of it. Second greatest fear, uh, being in the bathroom in the middle of the night and looking into the mirror and seeing Bloody Mary. That one's left over from, you know, a slumber party when I was little and I still haven't gotten over it. But like for real, biggest fear, getting to the end of my life and knowing that I didn't live up to my potential because I was scared. Whew. That would be, that would be my nightmare. And some of you don't call the shot because you're afraid that if you do, now you know what you're not doing, right? Now you've acknowledged it. Or maybe other people see you call the shot and oh my gosh, other people see you call the shot, which means that now other people know if you fail. This is like the biggest issue for the last decade. It's the question that I get most commonly. It's the thing that shows up most at conferences or for women in the audience. They're like, oh, but but if I fail, but if I fail, but if I fail. And I love to clap back at people like, no, you're not afraid of failing. You're afraid of other people watching you fail. And y'all, you are talking to the queen of failure. I failed so many times in so many ways. And I feel like you know, I'm like those cockroaches that are still around after the apocalypse happens. But like, man, if they stick around long enough, they'll slowly evolve and like become the next, you know, species. I don't know. But I've been talking about this idea of being willing to put yourself out there, being willing to get it wrong, because that is the only way you are ever going to grow. It's the only way you're ever going to really learn. It's the only way you're really going to achieve big things is if you aim at big stuff. And yes, that means that you have further to fall, but the power of standing back up and going again is the opposite of every single thing that our culture wants to teach us. Culture wants to tell us that you get one shot. I was I actually was writing about this the other day because I'm working on the new book and I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you guys to read this one. I haven't been this excited about written work of mine in a very long time. But I was writing about this the other day and I was thinking about Lose Yourself, the Eminem song, which like everybody, I think everybody knows the greatness that is that song. I think I've literally written about it in like four books in a row because it just, it's so good. But I was thinking, it came on the radio the other day, and I was jamming out, and I was rapping all the lyrics because I'm real cool. And I was thinking, for the first time ever in my life, I was like, this actually isn't true. I don't agree with you, Marshall Mathers. I don't agree with you, Eminem. I don't agree with this song. I've used it forever as this hype up before I get on stage or like before I do something big, like I'll jam out to that song, like, oh, you've only got one shot, one chance to seize everything you ever wanted, you know, like that whole thing. It's not true. If you believe that you only have one shot in life, you absolutely do. That for real. If you believe that you've only got one, literally one shot, then that is your truth. But my truth is that I keep trying and I'm not trying to fail, but if I do, whether it's an easy lesson or a difficult one, I get back up and I try again. 
Because I think that as long as I'm on this planet, I have a chance to evolve and do better. And the same is true for you. So if you're afraid to tell yourself or to do the work to figure out what it is you want out of life because you think, oh gosh, now I know what it is or now maybe other people know what it is I want and so other people can watch, let's change our narrative about this idea of failure. What if the whole point of our life is that we're supposed to be experimenting and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't and having that information? What if the point was pushing outside your comfort zone? And so sometimes, yes, you get pushed into situations that aren't what you wish would have happened, but now you have tools and strength and information that you didn't have before. So there is mad, crazy, incredible power in knowing what it is you want. And the other thing I want you to know is that what you want today should not be the same thing that you want two years from now or a year from now or maybe six months from now. I keep readjusting my vision of what the future is. Think about this. When I was young, I didn't have a vision that included four children. I didn't imagine that I would be divorced at 39 with four kids. I never knew I was going to have a podcast. I never knew I was going to have all these books. I never I never imagined doing this work. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that I was going to write nonfiction books. I, when I tell you that I wanted to be an author, I wanted to be a fiction author. That is how I started. I started writing fiction. And someday I'm going to get back to that world. But I didn't see this. So it's important for me to check in on the regular and ask myself like, okay, is is are we still on board for this? Do we still want this thing? Are we still heading in this direction? And there's lots of people in your life who might try and give you crap for that or even shame you for wanting to change direction or for wanting something different out of life. And you just need to let that roll off your back like water. Because if you allow other people's opinions of whether or not you should change to affect whether or not you do, you're going to be the same person that you are right now forever and ever for the rest of your life. Only you're going to be doing the same stuff. You're going to be stuck in the same routine. But if you haven't moved forward, it means that parts of you have gone backwards. So I hope I have at least given you some food for thought on why it's important to know what it is that you want and to ask yourself some questions about where you're going. Now, I have three hacks, three hacks that are maybe not things you've heard about before to help you figure out what are you going to do now? Where do we want to go? What do we want out of this life? The first one is counterintuitive. The first one is I want you to grab a journal and I want you to write what you hate. What don't you want? What frustrates you? What drains your energy? What things in your life right now do you never want to have to do again? That's where I want you to start. Why? Well, because most people will sit down to try and figure out what they want out of life and they'll write things that they think will make them happy. 
In psychology, this is called impact bias. Impact bias is basically that we as human beings overestimate or underestimate how something's going to affect us emotionally. Meaning we think, oh, if only I could get my dream job. If only I could get my dream job, then I'm going to be happy. Or if only I could meet the man of my dreams, then I'm going to be happy. Or if only I could be a mom, then I'm going to be happy. We have these ideas in our head and we think that getting this one thing is going to have this incredible impact on our lives. And it does, but often we've overestimated how much joy that's going to bring us or possibly underestimated how much something's going to be difficult. Or maybe you're thinking, oh yeah, I'm like going to go on vacation with my family and like it, like I'm looking forward to it, but you know, sometimes my sisters and I get into it and family vacations aren't always fun. And then you end up, you go and you have the best time and it's life-giving and the joy and the energy of that experience end up carrying with you way longer than you thought that they would. Impact bias basically says that human beings are not very good at guessing how something's going to affect them in the future. So if you sit down and you're like, oh, I'm going to figure out what I want in life based on what I think I want in life, it rarely actually is as effective as you think it's going to be. So a really powerful hack is to ask yourself what you hate. What don't you want? Because if you know what you don't want, you can figure out what you do. For instance, if I I was writing down, I was like, okay, I got to give examples of this. Now imagine that I'm um, going to change careers or imagine that I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for a job. Maybe you're listening to this and you're in college or you've just graduated or maybe you're going back to work after having a baby or maybe you just want a career change completely and you're trying to figure out, okay, what do I want? What do I want to do for my job? So you could think of work you've done in the past and go, what are things I hated about my job in the past? So this is what I wrote down. For me, things I hate about work, number one, too much time on other people's agenda. So as a as someone who has been an entrepreneur, has been a solopreneur, a lot of the work that I do is by myself. So I'm recording this podcast alone. I write by myself. One thing that just absolutely drains all of my energy and that I freaking hate is when I spend too much of my workday on someone else's agenda. So someone else's agenda are things like meetings. Oh my, you guys, we can't, I can't, no, I don't want to meet. I don't want to have a meeting. My biggest, most hated thing in the whole world is having a meeting to talk about a meeting or having a meeting that could have been an email. Why are we here? I love people. I want to hang out. You want me to get together with you and have coffee and brainstorm? That literally gives me life, right? So if we're doing a meeting where you're like, I got four bullet points that I, oh, no, no, thank you. But by knowing that that's something that annoys me, it helps me to start to craft, okay, well, what's a job where I get to be in control of my workday? The second thing that I hate is chaos and drama. I hate this in my personal life. I hate this in my professional life. I don't, I grew up in it, right? Like my childhood was all chaos and all drama. It made me feel very unsafe. I 
didn't like it. I've done enough therapy to understand it's very triggering for me. So I don't want it in my workplace. So if I was starting from scratch and didn't know what I wanted to do, I'd be really mindful of like, okay, I probably can't work in an emergency room. If I know that chaos and drama are triggering to me, I probably need to stay away from things that are going to feel like chaos and drama. The last thing that I wrote down is I also don't like too much time working alone. This is really interesting because the first thing I said is like, I don't want too much time on other people's agenda. But now I'm telling you that I also don't like to be by myself too much because I start to feel like I'm an extrovert, so I need the energy of other people around me. What this would tell me if I was just starting the process of figuring out the career I wanted is that I really need a job that I can control how my workflow goes. I can control my day. I can control my week. And that allows me to, for instance, I'm working by myself this morning. And then this afternoon, I'm going to go meet with the team so we can work collaboratively on a project that we're doing. So by knowing what you don't want, whether it's in a career, in maybe you're, you want to attract and manifest a great new relationship into your life, you're looking for you know, a romantic relationship, okay, if you want to attract the right partner, you need to ask yourself, what don't you want? And the easiest way to do it is to look at a past relationship. Okay, what, what are parts of this that I did not like? Write those down. And then what is the opposite of them? So the first hack is knowing what you don't want helps you figure out what you do. The second hack that I have for you, and this is such a good one, and it's something that I kind of hate to admit is real, and I think a lot of people hate to admit this, but the second really powerful hack for figuring out the life you want is to admit who you're jealous of. Right. Sit with that for a second. Who are you jealous of? Because most of the time, we don't admit that it's jealousy. We think of a whole list of reasons why we're annoyed with that person, why we don't like that celebrity, why this Instagram annoys us, and yet we pay attention to every single thing they do, right? You watch every video of this person, you listen to everything that they do, every interview, you read them all, you stalk their Instagram, but the whole time you're talking shit. You're talking about all, you tell other people, you make your own content about how they're the work. Okay, those are really major signs that you're actually jealous. Because if you really dislike them, if you really thought they were that annoying, you would just stop consuming it. There's real knowledge in understanding that jealousy, sort of the green-eyed monster is like rearing its ugly head. Because if you can admit to yourself that it's jealousy, Sometimes it's like a stranger. Sometimes it's a best friend. Sometimes it's your sister. Sometimes it's your wife or your girlfriend. If you can admit that it's jealousy, number one, oh, that's so healing. Like that feels so good in your body when you can be honest with yourself about what really is at the core of what you're doing. But if you know that it's jealousy, then you get to ask yourself a really important question. What is it about this person that I'm feeling jealous of? Because jealousy convinces us that they have something that we can't have. 
right? Scarcity shows up and it says, oh, if this person has success, I can't have success. If this person gets a book deal, I'm never going to get a book deal. If this person is succeeding in this way, it means that it affects me. And that is the biggest BS the world has ever tried to sell us. This world, this world of billions and billions and billions of people is filled with abundance. It is filled with opportunities for you. If wealth is what you're after, it's filled with money for you. It's filled with friends for you. It's filled with love for you. It's filled with knowledge and information and experiences. It absolutely can hold all that you have to offer and give you so much more love, gratitude, experience, connection. Like there's so much more than you even realize. So do not fall for the mythology that tells you that her success is inhibiting yours. Your belief about her success is what is inhibiting you. You're spending so much time obsessing over what he's doing that you're not actually working on yourself right? That you're not actually taking the steps that you need to make change. So admitting that you're jealous and then identifying why you're jealous is so powerful, you guys. I am really lucky in that I do this work, which means I have friends who are much cooler than I am, have much greater access, have much bigger jobs, have much bigger celebrity, like Getting to learn and grow and hang out with actresses, writers at a higher level, musicians, artists, like so sick. But when I asked myself this question this morning, I was like going through and preparing. I'm like, oh, is there anyone I'm jealous of? And someone popped into my head who's a good friend. And I was like, oh, dang, why are that is, first of all, good job, Breach. Good job for being honest about. Like, I love this person so much, but I also feel a little jealous of her. And I was like, whoa, okay, what do you feel jealous about? And it was very specific. So this person has such a massive career. And because they have such a massive career, they have so many more connections than I do to creative people. So one of the loves, dreams, greatest thing in my life is being creative with people, sitting down and brainstorming and dreaming and collaborating. And I love it. It makes me so happy. It makes me so high. And I'm super blessed that I get to do that at my level. But this person, this person can call anybody, literally anybody would sit down with her and write, dream, make a movie, create a song, like anybody. And I am jealous of that. Honestly, like we'll be hanging out and be like, oh my gosh, I love blah, blah, blah. And she'll be like, oh my gosh, I was just having coffee with him last week. He's so fun. And she's not, I swear, she's like oblivious to what, and I give her so much crap. I'm like, okay, wow, where's your top hat? You're the fanciest person I know. At her level, she just, it doesn't occur to her. And I'm like, dang, I'm jealous of how many really cool artists she could collaborate with if she wanted to. So that's powerful, number one, because it helps me to understand what I'm craving. That's what I want you guys to get here. I'm craving more collaboration. I'm craving creativity. I'm craving different people to shape 
or augment the way that my artistic expression is showing up in the world. Because I think that when we get to work with people who are better than us, we become better. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I'm craving. And understanding that like desire in my heart helps me pull it off of her, stop projecting onto her, take that internally. What's the work that I need to do? How do I need to put myself out there more? How do I need to reach out to the resources and the connections that I actually have to create more of the life and the experiences that I want. So looking at who you're jealous of and why helps you to take it back inside yourself, back inside your heart, and to know what is going to help you make the change that you want to make. The last question or the last hack I have for you guys is a question I ask myself fairly often. Uh, So I'll I'll tell you the sort of big picture question I ask and then the question I'll ask at the start of a day. The big question hack that I ask is, if I was Oprah, what would I be doing different? Now, I don't mean (laughs) if I was Oprah literally. Oprah is my version of someone who can do anything, who has all the money, who has all the access, who could call anybody like that's my version, right? So you might have someone else. Maybe yours is like, what would LeBron James do? Or what would Lady Gaga do? What would just you name a person to you that represents like they can do anything they want. And I'll ask, let's start by envisioning if I was Oprah, if there were no limitations, if anything was possible, how would my life be different? I ask this question because usually as human beings, we obsess over how we can do something. Someone will say, well, I want to run a marathon. And you're like, I I don't even know how I would start to do that. Like what? I'd have to like get a trainer and then would I like look up something online and then I would start running. As soon as someone starts to talk about a vision or a dream that they have, we begin to obsess about how. Sometimes we're obsessing about our own how. Sometimes we're trying to give other people their how. Well, how are you ever going to do that? You have so much schoolwork to accomplish. How would you pull that off, right? If you want to have a vision for your life, if you want to change your life, if you want to have a target to aim at, if you want to aim your arrow at the sun, let me help you get this right now. Stop obsessing over how. Start obsessing over what. What do you want? What is it going to look like? What is it going to feel like? What, what, what? If you can really understand the what, it's way easier to figure out the how. But most people begin with the how, and it's so much that they talk themselves out of it. Also, the vision of what will keep you passionate, will keep you excited, will keep you motivated when everything else falls away. So I ask myself, if I was Oprah, How would things be different? Because I assume that anything's possible for her. And if I start from a place of anything's possible, I will envision way bigger, way better for myself than I will if I start with how. So for example, if I was like, okay, if I was Oprah, how would things be different? And my answer is, well, I would have all the access and the resources and the money and the peeps. So I would be way healthier. I'm making this up. I would be way healthier if I was her. 
okay, well, why? Why would you be healthier? Well, because I'd have a trainer and I'd have a nutritionist and I'd have a private chef and I'd have all of this support to help me be a healthier, healthier physically. So, okay, cool. That tells me that that's something I'm really craving in my life. I'm craving a healthier life. I'm craving more energy. I'm craving the ability to focus and to get rid of brain fog. Now, if I know that's my what, then I can start to ask myself, okay, now that we know the what, how can you pull that off with your resources? How can you pull that off with the people you know? How can you're like, okay, well, I can't hire a private chef, but one thing I could do is I could meal prep on Sunday. So it's not a private chef, but it's sort of like I'm taking care of myself in advance. So I'm not confused about what I'm going to take in nutritionally this week. Or, you know what? Yeah, I don't have the money to afford a private trainer, but I'm a massage therapist and my neighbor is a trainer, I wonder if we could trade. Maybe they would train me, like for every session they train me, I give them a massage, or maybe they give me two training sessions for every massage. Or, But you can get creative. You can start to come up with better questions and then you get better answers. But if you don't know what the vision is, if you're like, well, I'm starting with my life, what's possible for my life? Man, that's going to get you inches forward. But if you're like, what's possible for the rock, right? What's possible for someone at the very top of their game with all of the access? If you start there, it's going to give you clearer vision. The other piece that I do this with, I think it's a really powerful tool for a sort of present moment, is a lot of times I will, if I'm starting a day and I'm feeling like a little discombobulated or kind of not grounded, not centered, and I'm like not really sure how to help myself in that day, I will ask if I could do anything in the world today. If money wasn't an option, if I didn't have to drop the kids off and pick them up, if I didn't have to work today, if I didn't have to do any of this, if I could do anything, what would I do? That answer will usually tell me what it is I need. So sometimes that answer is like, if I could do anything, I'd be laying by a pool in Cabo having someone bring me a margarita. What that tells me is that I am craving rest or I'm craving a chance to get away, right? I'm, I'm craving the opportunity to disconnect. Or if I'm like, if I could do anything today, I'd go to a spa and get a massage. Okay, well, that's telling me that I need to relax. Maybe I'm holding too much tension in my body. Sometimes I'll, I'll daydream like this and I'll think, oh, if I could do anything today, I'd be about to start a really big project with four of my favorite collaboration buddies, right? I'd be with Sammy, I'd be with Rosie, I'd be with Beans, and we'd be about to start a great new project. That's telling me that I'm craving connection, I'm craving creativity, Basically, I use those prompts as a way to figure out what I need. Can't like jump on a plane and go to Cabo today. But if that's what I'm craving, could I give myself some version of that? Could I give myself an hour to disconnect from work, from everything while the kids are at school and also make plans to meet my girlfriends this weekend for chips and guac and a margarita, right? Like those kind of things, having something to aim at can help you get yourself a little bit of the way there while you're working towards a bigger goal. So I hope 
that something I said today gave you an idea that will be helpful in your life. If you dug this or you know someone that you think will dig, will you send it to a friend? Will you put it on social? Will you let people know that it's here? And if you love this idea, if you are the kind of person that really craves where am I going? What am I aiming at? How am I going to get there? Who are the people who are going to help me, hold me up, be my community, my hype squad, my mastermind? If you are that kind of person, I hope that you are joining us on tour this fall. So starting this month, I'm going on tour. We're bringing the motivation, the inspiration, the tactics, the energy, all of it of this podcast on the road. My very first show is in Birmingham, Alabama on September 30th. So we got about a month to go and uh, we're going to a bunch of different cities. I'm bringing the the crew. I'm bringing Jack. I'm bringing Asan. If you've been with me at conference before, you know who these people are. If you haven't ever been with us before, I want you to know that it is a space for everyone. It is for people who are big dreamers, who have big goals for their life. It is for people who are like that Reba McIntyre song, asking, is there life out there? Maybe you're just curious and you don't know and you're like, I feel like there's this calling on my heart or that I want to make a change, but I have no idea what that change is. The beauty of our experiences is that it's just a chance to get away and ask yourself some better questions. Um, it's not one of those things where it's like, come to this and then go buy a class in the back of the room. We don't have anything to sell you. There's nothing else going on. It's just two hours of connecting with people in your community and getting some ideas, some advice, some tactics for how to make change in your life or your business. It's high energy. My friend Asan is with me always. He's my DJ. We're playing music. We're dancing to Beyonce. It's a whole thing. And it's going to be so much fun. It's the first time that we've been able to connect in person like this in a very long time. And if you're craving that, go check out rachetalklive.com. I'm going to post the website in the show notes so that you can come and join us. It's a limited number of cities and there are no plans to add more. So hopefully if one's within driving distance, you can grab your friend, your sister, your husband, whoever, and come have a night with us. I just feel like there's so few opportunities for people to come together in this kind of conversation, especially in some of the cities that we're going to, which aren't really known for personal development. But I felt like God was calling me, the universe was calling me to, to head to these places. And if you're one of the people who've already bought tickets, I can't wait to hang out with you. And if you've been thinking about it, now's the time. So uh, know what it is that you want out of this life. And I promise you, you are gonna get so much further in the process. And I will be back soon with more conversation, with more questions, with more things to consider. In the meantime, I want you to know, as always, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.